Let's open up our Bibles to John chapter 6. Look at your neighbor and say, does this offend you? Come on, as you're turning there, look at your other neighbor and say, does this offend you? One of the things you're going to learn about this church is that we are a church that preaches the Bible. Everybody say, the Bible is my tool for survival. Say, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, is my basic instruction before leaving earth. That's where you all get the Bible from. Somebody say, Bible. John chapter 6. All of our messages are found on the website. MetroPraise.org. We have uh, Elevate MySpace, Elevate Chicago. It's MySpace.com forward slash Elevate Chicago. Go there, check it out. MySpace us. Be our friend. And we're going to hang out. Now, what we're doing now is going through the entire book of John chapter by chapter. We are on chapter 6. We are at verse 60. And what we learned last week is that Jesus was getting in some trouble with these guys named the Jews. And Jewish people were those who kept the laws of God, but also the traditions of the elders. And so these traditions that they would keep about what they could eat and what they couldn't, and all of the things they had to wear, started getting them in trouble. And Jesus said, I didn't want you to be religious. I want you to be in a relationship. Everybody say, religion will get you nowhere. But God wants a relationship. Now, I want you to say it like you're up tonight. Come on, smile. It's spring break, y'all. So y'all better be excited. All right, come on. Now, say this with me. Say, religion is no good. But a relationship is very good. See, that's the difference. Are you with me in John 6, 60? I want you now to see the discussion continues with Jesus and the Jews. Remember, the Bible is now written with chapters and verses. The man, John, who wrote this, wrote it as one letter. You know how we watch a movie, and in the movie there are chapters, you know, in DVDs, like, oh, you know, go to this chapter. Well, that's kind of how the Bible is. It's just chapters like number 6 and number 8, 10, 20, are just to help you move through the story. But if you were truly reading it like the way it's meant to be read, you sit down, read the whole book of John in one city. It would only take you about two hours if you're a good reader. You would just sit down and go, oh, okay, that's the whole story. But when you go through chapter by chapter, you have to understand that they're that right now in verse 60, they're already in the middle of something. So if you weren't here last week, we're going to try to get you caught up. But they're in the middle of something right now. Jesus had fed the 5,000. He walks on water to the other side of the lake. These Jewish people come find them. They start persecuting him, giving him a hard time. Jesus says, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. They get all grossed out. But what Jesus was talking about was living by his word, doing his commandments. And now you're in verse 60. If you're there, say, I'm there. It says, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Okay, what were they hearing? They were hearing Jesus say, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You've got to be down with me. His disciples, everybody say disciples. So these are not just guys who come to church every now and then. These are dudes who actually believe the Bible. These are people who actually call themselves Christians. They started to say, this is hard. Because y'all remember, the Jews just gave him a hard time. You're right? Okay, so the Jews are around persecuting Jesus, giving him a hard time. And that was last week's message. But then they leave, and they're like, we're done with this man. Now the disciples are there. And you've got to remember, Jesus had more than just 12. 12 was just the beginning. But he had about 100 or 200 always around him. Y'all with me? Somebody say, I. Just like in our Bible classes. We have about 20 in our Bible classes, but obviously we have more than 20 here tonight. We have about close to 100 teenagers. Are you all with me? So, so Jesus now has to start dealing with his disciples because they go, this is a hard teaching, Jesus. Who can accept it? Verse 61. 
Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Everybody say that with me. Does this offend you? One more time. Say one, two, three. See, Jesus asked them, dude, does this offend you? Does this bother you? Does it bother you I'm talking to you this way? See, the first thing I want you to learn right now in this story is Jesus is not concerned with your, fle- your feelings. Your feelings are not Jesus' first priority. It's not like Jesus sits back and says, okay, if I tell them not to have sex before marriage, how are they going to feel about that? You see, Jesus is not Dr. Phil. Jesus does not show up and go, oh, you know, how do you feel about this advice? You can take it or leave it. No, 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 no. Jesus is going to tell you exactly the words of God. And if you don't like it, he'll look right at you, just like he looked at his disciples. These weren't sinners on their way to hell. These were not people smoking crack and doing drugs. These were like virgins. These were people who didn't want to do any the bad things. They were people that had given up everything to follow Jesus, and they're with him. And they just watched a lot of people leave. And instead of Jesus just going, hey guys, y'all cool with me, let's keep going. No, Jesus looks right at him and says, why are y'all grumbling? Does this offend you? Does it bother you that I'm talking about the kingdom? And now it looks like the verse 62, look at what he keeps saying. What if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Everybody touch your flesh and say, this is nothing. You see, the Bible says your flesh is only going to last 80 years. You could have beautiful, you know, uh, Eva Longoria flesh, ladies, but it's still going to rot and become in a grave dust. Are you all listening? Fellas, you can have flesh like Arnold Schwarzenegger, a bodybuilder, a, a boxer, Michael Jordan. But listen to me. After 100 years, you're gone. Your flesh will be gone. Guess what lives on? Your spirit. Your spirit and your soul will live on. Jesus is telling them, hey, does it offend you when I talk about spiritual things? Do you want me just to talk about your flesh? You want me to tell you just things about your flesh? How to get money to dress up your flesh? How to get money today to change your flesh in cosmetic surgery? How to have alcohol? How to have money? See, Jesus would say, I'm not going to talk about your flesh because your flesh dies. I'm going to talk about the spirit. Somebody say, his words are spirit. Thank you. Look at verse 64. It says, yet there are some of you who don't believe. Jesus says, some of y'all don't believe this. For Jesus had known from the beginning which one of them did not believe and who would betray him. Who knows that name of the betrayer? And Judas was one of the twelve what? Oh, look at that. So you can be right up in here and still turn your back on Jesus. You can come to church every week and tell, tell us that you love Jesus, tell yourself you love Jesus, and you may even really mean it, but you could still betray him. See, Jesus is being serious with you. He's asking you to be real with who you are. Don't be fake. And what, see, Jesus was saying, even though how fake Judas was, Jesus is saying, I still know who he is. Look at verse 65. He went on to say, this is why I have told you, no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. So he says to all his disciples, look, if y'all want to really love me and be with me, my Father's got to help you out. Now, you would think after that little pep talk, That the disciples, after watching Jesus that night walk on water, after watching him feed 5,000 people, after watching him perform miracles all the time, you would have thought the disciples would have been like, okay, I get it. You're the boss. We're following you. But look at the next verse. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Disciples. 
No, no, this ain't crack smoking sinners. This aren't prostitutes. These aren't the bad boys and girls. Just disciples, people who loved him, people who spent their life with him, people that were willing to do whatever it took. At this point, no, I got to leave, Jesus. That's just too hard. You're just asking me for too much, Jesus. You're asking me to give up my friends. You're asking me to do more now than I've ever felt comfortable with. I've got to walk away. Now, you would think, you would think that if Jesus just saw thousands of Jewish people walk away from him, now hundreds of his disciples start leaving, you would think he would say to his 12, his buddies, the ones that he's closest with, his crew, you think he would say to them, hey, boys, don't go anywhere, man. I need you. But look at the next verse. You don't want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Look at it. He looks right at him. Y'all want to go? Is this offending you? It offended the Jews. It offended some of my disciples. Are y'all offended, Peter? Are you offended? Are you going to leave me now? And then Peter answered said, Lord, this is going to be our heart. This is going to be my heart. Somebody say, this is my heart. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil of the devil. He meant Judas, the son of Iscariot, who through one of the twelve was later to betray him. I want to ask you a question. Does Jesus offend you? Does Jesus Christ offend you? You might be thinking right now, well, I don't think so because I got this cute little cross. And he doesn't offend me. I get Christmas presents on Christmas, Easter. I get a new outfit. Oh, I don't get offended. Well, let me ask you a question. When I start reminding you of some of the things that he teaches, let me know whether or not you get offended. Does it, does it offend you when he tells you, put God before your families and friends? That means when it's time to come to church, it don't matter what your mom, dad, brothers and sisters, though you got to be respectful, it don't matter what they say, you got to go to church. Do you know that one day you're going to be in charge of your own family and it don't matter if your husband's ladies, husband is lazy ladies, you got to get up and go to church. Does that offend you? Does it bother you when Jesus says, put him first, nobody else? Not your boyfriend, not your crew, not the people on the corner, not your sports, nothing. God is first. Does that offend you? Number two, he says, worship him, worship him, throw up your hands, speak in other tongues, love God, get on fire for Jesus, hit your knees and pray. Does it bother you that Jesus says, worship him with all your heart, soul, mind and strength? Does it bother you that when Jesus washes you worship, he judges your worship? He judges you. Jesus Christ judges you. He says, oh, no. No, 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 they ain't worshiping me. They just trying to look cute for their friend. Look at this, angels. You want to see something that's a joke? They came to church tonight, and they're supposed to be singing a song, but they ain't even worshiping me. How does that make you feel? That one day Jesus Christ, people say, only God can judge me. All right, he's going to judge you. Does that offend you that Jesus is going to judge you on whether or not you worshiped him? How about this? He's going to judge you on whether or not you treated your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't matter if they deserve to get slapped or what. God is going to judge you one day and how you treated other people. Does that bother you? Does that offend you? Number three, it says leave your old life behind to start a new life with Jesus. That means when all people come to Christ, it doesn't matter. Everyone look up at me. It doesn't matter if you were like me, a high school dropout on drugs, or if you were like my wife who never did drugs or alcohol, a virgin. When we come to Christ, my wife and I, you put down your life. We put down our life. He says, you're the boss. 
It doesn't matter. See, a lot of you think, like, oh, my life is not that bad. Jesus don't want me to stop doing all this stuff because I don't really sin like other people. No, 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 no. Are you willing to take your whole life, set it down, and say, I'm living for you now? I don't care if it's as cute and cuddly as being on the sports and baseball team and football team, whatever. I don't care if you're so nice, you get straight A's. The bottom line is we all have sin. And when you come to Christ, everybody comes the same way. You humble yourself and say, God, now what do I do? God may say, I want you to be a missionary in Africa like Tisa. She may say, I want you to be a pastor. God God may totally flip your script and say, I don't want you to be a doctor. I want you to be a teacher in the inner city. God may say, I don't want you to marry that boyfriend you've been with for three years. I don't care how good he treats you. You've got to be with the one I tell you to be with. You see, does that offend you that Jesus wants to get all up in your business and tell you how to live? Or you just want a little Dito Jesus on Christmas and Easter, be a little creaster. Just get a little Jesus when you want some. You see, this is the type of stuff that began to offend some of those disciples. I want to know if there's any disciples up in this place that still get offended over this. You see, because of that man, my boss offended y'all. I can't be any nicer than him. Are you listening? I can't preach to you a different message than him. I can't tell you, all right, kids. Y'all want to go to heaven? Well, that's so exciting. Okay, well, here's how you get there. You just come to church every now and then. You just be a nice person. Don't hurt anybody. And then you get to go to heaven. Everybody want to go? Okay, let's go together. I can't preach no gay Jesus. I can only preach the real Jesus. Are y'all listening? Some people want to make Jesus like he's Barney. I love you and you love me. I don't want to offend you. Come on. Oh, you can have sex if you want to. Oh, you want to still hang out with your friends? That's okay. I love you. No, there ain't no gay Jesus. It's the real Jesus. Folks, shake Are you listening? If you get offended, I can't help you right now because the man will offend some people. Are you with me? And then the Bible says right here, does it offend you that Jesus asked you to obey all his commands? Jesus didn't just say, don't kill anybody. But if you want to look at porn on MySpace, go ahead. I'll let you slide by because I know everybody's a guy and they feel that. No, no, no. Listen to me, fellas. Does it bother you that Jesus Christ watches you go to your MySpace, hit the bathroom with some strawberry lotion and do what he never intended to you to do? Are you listening? Does that bother you? He's judging you for that. Oh, it gets quiet when I preach like that? Woo! I know somebody's getting their toes stepped on. Woo, woo, woo. It's all right. Just somebody say, bring it. See, we're going to bring it like the man. And another thing, does it offend you? Does it bother you that Jesus Christ actually commands you to go out and preach? Oh, I'm shy. It don't matter. Preach. Oh, I don't feel like it. Preach. He commands every single person here on this planet who's in his church to preach the gospel and make disciples. Does it bother you that he's judging you on what you do back for him? Well, I just came for the, I just came to, you know how we look at it? We look at him like he's welfare Jesus. You know welfare Jesus? Oh, Jesus, I need a healing because I'm sick. Oh, Jesus, I need $2. You know, Jesus, help me get an A on this test. When was the last time you did something for Jesus? Jesus, ain't no welfare Jesus. Jesus, give me this, give me this. My name is Jimmy, and I'll take all you can give me. He ain't down like that. I want to ask you a question. Does it offend you that he's actually watching you say, what you done for me lately, son? You see, you got to get right with God tonight, you see, because that don't offend me. How many people that don't offend say amen? See, it don't offend me. It don't bother me, my man. Jesus Christ asked me to do all this. You know why? He's the only one that took those nails in his hand for me. 
He's the only one that took the whips on his back for me. He's the only one that died and said, son, I forgive you all that you've done. Father, forgive him for he doesn't know what he does. You see, I can give up all that for Jesus because it doesn't offend me. You see, my heart, and I want your heart to be this way, is like the heart of Peter. That when he saw everybody else leaving, when he saw everybody else getting offended, and when Jesus Christ asked him that question, looked him right in the eyes, Dan, he looked Peter right in the eyes and said, do you want to go? I want to be like Peter and say, Jesus, I ain't got nowhere else to go. There ain't nothing in this world for me, Jesus. I'm following you forever. Somebody say, I ain't. I want you to think about what happens to people that do start living for God. You know, right now in Muslim nations, they get offended because we say Jesus Christ is Lord. Everything that I've just told you right now is insulting to Muslims. Right now, Islamic countries like Saudi Arabia, Indonesia are saying to pastors like me, Joe, if you say that Jesus is God and Muhammad is not a prophet, that offends us and will kill you. Right now, 100,000 Christians die every year in the world because of their faith in Jesus Christ. You see, what happens when the people in your school get so offended by you, get so bothered by you living for God, they want to actually beat you up? Will you be able to still live for God? What about that person that comes to us from a gang and they say, I got to live for God and get out this gang. And now they got to go back to the, the park that they used to hang at and say, OK, bless me out, beat me out, whatever it takes. But I got to live for God. Sorry if that offends you. You see, that's what they're saying across the country, across the world. I want you to think about right now in Egypt. If they find pastors and young people, this is a teenager getting beaten by another man because that teenager is a Christian. You are hearing about right now on the news that people in Iraq are being killed and persecuted by the Muslims in Iraq. This is happening all around the world. That dude is offended, and that's why he wants to beat the other guy with a stick, because the guy's teaching that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then you think about, what did those backslidden disciples and Jews do to our man? What did they eventually do? See, we in John 6 right now. What happened in John 18? What happened when all of these backslidden, angry, offended, bitter Jews got around these bitter disciples and they started plotting? That's what they did to our Savior. You see, our Savior said, even though it offends you, I can't stop preaching. And he said, I'll die for you. You see, that's what I'm talking about. You see, because right now, if some of you are getting offended, you've got to change. And you've got to get right with God. Then those of us who are radical, we've got to understand, if this is what they did to us, we can't expect everybody to like us in the world. We can't expect everybody to be our buddy. We can't expect everybody to be nice to us. If this is what's happening in, in Egypt, and if that's what's happening in Indonesia, and that's what happened to Jesus Christ, it may happen to you and I. Are you willing to preach the gospel, Christians and disciples, even if it offends somebody? Somebody say, preach it. I want to go over these with you one at a time. Open your Bible with me to Luke 17. If you're glad that you came here today, somebody say, preach it, preach it. Amen. I'm going to preach it for y'all tonight because I know y'all came here to be serious. I don't preach you a child's gospel because you don't live in a child's world. You go out in the real world. You face real problems. You have real temptation. I'm going to preach to you the same gospel that Jesus preached. He's walking, doing miracles. And he starts telling people about loving God, putting God first, not letting anything get in the way. And all of a sudden, people get offended. Everyone look up here as you got your scriptures. Look up here, please. 
Thank you. Jesus starts preaching, and now people get offended. I want you to read Luke 17, 25 with me. Look what it says. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. Large crowds. And turning to them, he said. So look at me, all. If Jesus had large crowds and had to say this, what do I got to do to this large crowd today? I got to say the same thing, don't I? If the man, when he had large crowds, he said something, I better say what he says, right? Somebody say, preacher, preacher. See, I need y'all's help tonight. I need to make sure that somebody came here to hear this. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother. Uh-oh, Jesus, what you talking about? Hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters. Yes, even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. I want to ask you a question. Do you love your family more than God? Then you cannot be his disciple. I'm sorry if that offends you. But that's what he said. Excuse me. I love my mother. My mother actually led me to the Lord. As sweet as my mother is. If my mother said today, son, you need to stop going to church. Son, you need to stop going and, and hanging out with Christians. I would say to my mother, I would say, mother, I love you, but I cannot go to hell with you. I've got to go to heaven with or without you. I know you all got to respect your parents. You've got to respect their rules. But I want to tell you something. You become a Christian. Your loyalty first is to God, then your family. There are nations right now, those Muslim nations, young children like yourself become Christians. They go home. They tell their parents, I am a Christian. Their parents disown them, kick them out. They never see them again. Are you listening to me? Are you willing to put God before everything else in life? Jesus Christ said, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate your father, mother, brother, wife, sister, children, and even your own life. Well, I thought he told us to obey our parents. Yes, he did. I'll tell you what he means by hate here. I'm going to tell you exactly what Jesus Christ is saying. He is saying, if you put anything before me, you better hate it because he hates him. As noble as my wife and I are having children, if I put my wife before God, God hates that. If I put my job, even though I do ministry, even though I help people, even though I preach, if I put my job before Jesus Christ, he hates that. That's what he said. That's your Bible. That's the same one that's been on your house, on the coffee table with a whole bunch of dust on it. Pick it up and read it because that's what he talked about. Are you all listening? You all offended? Anybody offended? Anybody bothered by that? Anybody going to walk out and leave? Because I can't do anything about that. I can only tell you what the man said. That don't offend me. I say to that, amen. You know why? Because my flesh with my mother only lasts 80 years, but my spirit with my heavenly father lasts for eternity. I ain't no fool, but I can figure that one out. I better get right with God. I better get right with God because this flesh will end. Jesus said, I didn't come to talk about flesh. I came to talk about the spirit. I love my mom and dad. I love my brothers and sisters. After God, my wife comes next. My children one day. All of those things will be precious to me. You hear about a married couple in our church and how well they're doing. All of that comes from the foundation. God is first. And everybody who believes it, say amen. Let's turn to the next scripture, Luke 10, 27. Luke 10, 27. 
So all right, that's a little quiet, but I need some of y'all just to keep me help, keep keep helping me preach because I need to know you into this. But even though it's a little quiet, I can feel that because you know why I know some of y'all thinking about it. You got to make your decision. You can't just come to youth group because we got games and candy and basketball, even though we the shyest, coolest thing on the block. I know that. But listen, you can't just be here for that because that will get old. That's just the flesh. You got to come for God and put him first. If you're there in Luke 10, 27, somebody say, I'm there. Jesus said, these are the greatest thing you can ever do in life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Here's how it works. You love God when you worship Him here at church. You love God when you're at school. You love God when you play baseball. You have to love God more than anything wherever you are all the time. Do you want to love Him like that? Do you want to love Jesus with everything inside of you? Or are you going to look at your heart like it's, a, like it's an apartment? You know, like I have a four-bedroom apartment, and I keep my bedroom really nice, and I keep the guest bedroom really nice, but we have this third bedroom upstairs that's going to be our nursery when we start having children. But right now it's where we kind of keep all of our junk right now. And so when you walk into the house, I don't show you that room. That door's just shut. You're just going to think it's a closet. I'll show you the bathroom. I'll show you the guest bedroom, the master bedroom. Show you the upstairs. Show you downstairs. But I ain't going to show you that closet. Are you all listening to me? Sometimes we act like that with God in our hearts. We have these little things down in our heart. We say, you know what? I'll give God the room that belongs to my problems. I'll give God the room that belongs to my school. I'll give God the room that belongs to me needing money and blessing. But the room that belongs to relationships and who I hang out with, I'm going to shut the door on that room and not let God in. And God is saying, you better love me with all your heart. You better learn to swing open those doors and say, Jesus, I may be ashamed. I may have some problems in this room, but I love you too much to let you stay on the outside. Come on in my heart, Jesus, and change and rearrange me. You see, that's what a Christian says. Some people say, oh, I don't want God to tell me how to date. I don't want God to tell me what I'm supposed to do with my future. No, you need to love God with all your heart. That's just like you come into my house, all the doors wide open, opening up all my closets saying, this is my house. You got to say to God, this is my heart. I love you with all my heart. I love you with all my soul. I love you with all my strength. Everything I will do with this strength, you have to say to God, I will do for you. If I get up and have a job, I do it for you. If I start a family and get married, I do it for you. All the strength I have, I give it to you. And everything on my mind is about you. When I think about sex, I think about marriage first because that's going to please you. When I think about making money, I think about how I can give it and help others because that pleases you. You're always on my mind. That's what a Christian says. I'm going to love you with all my mind. And then the next thing, love your neighbor as yourself. That means you just can't make fun of people like you used to. That means you just can't ignore people. You may say, I don't hurt anybody. Okay, but when was the last time you helped somebody? When was the last time you gave somebody a ride? When was the last time you gave somebody some, some bus fare but said you don't have to give it back? When was the last time you took somebody out to eat? When was the last time you gave to a homeless person? When was the last time you came on our outreaches and gave out? When was the last time you did something for somebody else? You see, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you want people to do things for you. You need to go out and do something for somebody else. Are you listening? And Jesus says that's love for people. Or do you want to be? In pride. You know what the middle letter of pride is? It's I. 
Is life just about I? Is that all it's about for you? What people do for you? What they can give you? What they can do to benefit you? You see, Jesus says, if you want to be in my kingdom, you have to put others before yourself. You have to be somebody that helps out, a person of love and compassion. Now, does that offend anybody here? You see, I ain't offended by that. You know why I ain't offended by that? Excuse me, you know why? Because I say my heart used to be dirty. Man, and God came in and cleaned my heart. I'll give it all to him every day. What a beautiful feeling it is to have God in my heart. What a blessing that is. I'm going to give him all my strength. You know why? Because my flesh can maybe buy gold, get all these things, but I'm going to lose it all one day. But the Bible says if I use my strength for God, I receive rewards and treasures in heaven that never go away. Is that how you're looking at it? The Bible says if I love my neighbor as myself, I'm called a child of God. That means people are going to respect me. That means I can be a leader and make a difference on this earth. That means I can hear about orphans in Mozambique and ask the question, what would I want somebody to do for me? And when I begin to do that, God looks down and says, that's my boy. You see, these things shouldn't offend you. These things should be the joy of your heart. Nobody made me come here and hold this microphone and preach to you today. I could have sat at home and went to a movie. or I could have done something else. But I came here today because I love Jesus. I'm here preaching to you because I love you. I made a decision that this would not offend me. And it would be my life. If you believe it, say amen. Turn with me now, please, to Matthew 16, 24. Somebody say preach it. Are you making this your life? I'm going to answer these questions right now as we're going through it. Question number one, why were the Jews getting offended with Jesus? It's because Jesus was telling them that they needed to eat his flesh and blood. That was a review question from last week. Number two, what did Jesus say his words were? They were spirit and they were life. Number three, what is the only way a person can come to Jesus? God has to bring them. Number four, What did the Jews eventually do to Jesus because they hated him so much? They betrayed him, whipped, and beat him, and crucified him. Number five, when Jesus tells you to put him first before your family, does that offend you, yes or no? I can't answer that for you. Number six, when Jesus says to worship him with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself, does that offend you, yes or no? Number seven, what we're on right now, when Jesus tells you to leave behind your old life and start a new life with him, does that offend you? Matthew 16, 24 says, then Jesus said to his disciples. Now, remember, these disciples were not bad guys. They had wives. They had families. They had jobs. John was about 16 years old at this time, and he was a good teenager. John, the man who's writing this book, is about 16. He's a good guy. These are good guys. These are not drug dealers. These are not bad people. But Jesus says to them, if anyone wants to come after me, he must, number one, deny himself. Everybody say, deny himself. Oh, how hard that is today, isn't it? How much do we acknowledge ourselves? How many of you all know if you're in traffic with your parents and somebody cuts them off, they don't deny themselves? They don't say, oh, you just go ahead and have that spot. How about you at the lunch line? What if somebody cuts in front of you? Do you deny yourself and say, oh, that's okay? Or do you stick up for yourself? What if somebody around you gossips and you hear from a friend of a friend that somebody else is talking about you? Do you deny yourself and say, that's not a big deal? I'm not going to worry about that. When you're tempted by your friends to go out and do something, they say, hey, let's go out to a party. Hey, let's do this. Do you sit back and say, no, that's not for me? 
Do you deny yourself or do you give in to it? The first thing he says, deny himself. Number two, take up his cross. What did Jesus do on the cross? What did Jesus do on the cross? I need everybody to say, what did Jesus do on the cross? He did what? So what does he want you to take up your cross for so you can what? Y'all going to get that, right? Joe comes to Jesus Christ, 18 years old, 18 years old, November 5th, 1995. Here I am, Jesus. Here's my life. Deny yourself, Joe. Okay. Here's all my plans, Jesus. I want to have money one day. I want to have a wife. I want to do a lot of good things, but I give it to you. Okay, Joe, you denied yourself. Now die. Put that flesh that's going to die 80 years from now, put it up there now and let my spirit kill it. I didn't want to be a pastor. You think that was my dream from a little boy? You think I was dreaming about being a pastor? You're all crazy. That's not saying it's crazy to be a want to be a pastor, but that was not my dream. I had dreams of being in music. I had dreams of being a lawyer. I had a dream of doing all these things. Jesus said, now lay up on that cross and die, Joe. I'm going to send you to New Orleans. You're going to work in the projects of an African-American community in the deep south that have no respect or want a white person's help. And I'm going to send you to the hot boys neighborhood, to the neighbors that are the worst of the worst. And you're going to be there and you're going to bring people into your home and you're going to stay there until I tell you you're done. That's what God told me. My flesh was just right there dying. Oh, but Jesus, I just got saved. How come I can't go to college somewhere like Florida and just spend my time on spring break and have a good time at the beach? No, 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 no. I'm sending you to New Orleans and to the dirtiest part of the neighborhood. You know what I used to say to myself? Any city I would travel to, this is what it was like. I would get off the plane and they would drive right by all the nice places and they would drop me off in the worst places. That's what it was like. I'm telling you, Minneapolis, Oklahoma. New York, every city I've ever been to. You know why? Because they know I've come to preach to the ones nobody else wants. Are you all listening? And I remember one time I was, I was picking up my, my friend's mother in Miami, and we were driving by the beaches because he was getting married, and we were driving by the beaches, and it was my summer break, you know, and we were driving, and I was saying to this older woman, I was saying to her, man, I live in New Orleans, and I never go to the beach. There's all these fancy restaurants in the French Quarter. I never go. Man, I feel so down, man. I feel like sometimes I just give all my life to other people. I'm sitting here in the project. I ain't even from the project. I come from the suburbs of Indiana, and I'm sitting here dodging bullets. I'm sitting here getting cursed at by people. I got to be in dirty neighborhoods all the time. It's always loud. It's always dangerous, and that's where I'm at. And I began to say to her, I began to say to her, I said, you know, by right after these trees on the side of our road, I said, there's the beach. And I said, I drove 18 hours from New Orleans to Miami, and all I've seen are these stinking trees right here. I said, I can't even get over there and see the beach. I said, I've gone all this way. I don't even get to see the beach. I'm from Indiana. I love the beach. I want to see it. I didn't even get to see it. And this woman was from the Bahamas. And she said to me, she said, Joe, I live on the beach. She says, my house to the beach is about from here to the other side of the street. And she says, every day I wake up and I see the beach. She, she was from, like I said, the Bahamas. She says, the water is as clear as your water out the faucet. You can see your hand to fish all the way as deep as you want to go. She says, but I would never trade that for the glory of God. 
And she says, what I see in your life, Joe, is something that I would give a hundred Bahamas for. Because you're winning souls and you're making a difference for Jesus Christ. You see, that's what a disciple has to do. A disciple has to deny themselves, take up their cross and say, whatever my dreams are, whatever my ambitions are, whatever I want to do, I die and God tells me what I do. And follow me. Deny yourself, number one. Take up your cross. Follow me. Because why? Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me, for me will find it. I want everybody to say this with me. Whoever saves their life, y'all ain't saying it. Say, whoever saves their life will lose their life. Say, whoever gives their life receives life. Does that bother you? Does that bother you that Jesus Christ's first agenda is not you going to college, becoming a beautician? Jesus Christ's first agenda is not you having a nice house and a car and growing up and having lots of money. How many of you are getting offended right now because Jesus Christ tells you it is time for you to die? Give those dreams up. Give your dreams to God and let him tell you what comes off that cross. Let him tell you what's of the spirit because whatever's not of the spirit is flesh and it needs to die. Somebody say preach it. Verse 26 makes so much sense, and I thank God for that, that woman from the Bahamas because she was telling me this right here. What good is it for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? What good is it if y'all gain everything? If I would have saw that beach, let's imagine right now I'm on that beach. What does that do for my soul? And I never came out to Chicago. I never preached the gospel. Let's say I was on that beach and I got to see that beautiful beach every day. And let's say I owned that beach. Let's say I owned every single beach. Let's say I owned the entire world. Jesus is asking the question, what would it profit you, Joe, if you owned the entire world? And I ask you that same question. What difference would it make if you hit the most home runs, if you sell the most albums, have the most money, if you lose your soul in the end? That's what was offending people is because they wanted to keep their life. But Jesus said, lay it down. Then the Bible says he's going to come back and judge us. I got no more time. I got to hurry up through this. Number four, obey Jesus or be punished. Does that bother you? Does it bother you that Jesus Christ gives ultimatums? How many know moms moms and dads give ultimatums? It's like clean your room or else, right? How many have a mom and dad like that? Hello? But does it bother you that Jesus Christ says either obey me or I send you to a lake of fire? A lot, of Christ, a lot of Christians and, and, and people come to church and all of a sudden they start saying, well, I feel guilty if I don't do this. And then the people in the church make me feel guilty. So I don't want to be told what to do. And they get offended. And then I'll meet them on the streets or a sidewalk. Like today we were at Northwest handing out flyers for the youth group. And we'll meet somebody and we'll say, do you believe in Jesus? Ah, I don't believe in Jesus. And then you'll ask him why. Because I think he's mean to send everybody to hell. That's wrong. Jesus shouldn't be able to send anybody to hell. If he truly loved us, why would he condemn people to hell? This is what the man says. Revelations, end of the book right here, y'all. This is how it ends. Revelations 21.6. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. This is Jesus talking the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of water. He who overcomes will inherit all this. I will be his God and he will be my son. So they say the good news. Y'all want to do that? That's what you get. You follow Jesus. You do it his way. You get eternal life. Now, here's the bad news. Somebody say the bad news. But the cowardly. Don't you love how Jesus put that word first? Anybody who don't live for God, according to Jesus Christ, is a what? Hello? According to Jesus Christ, the one that doesn't live for him. The number one attribute isn't that they had sex. It wasn't that they were out there juking. It was that they were a coward. Why? 
Because they had to do everything on this earth to make themselves look good. They were a coward. They were afraid to deny themselves and live for Jesus. He says, but for the cowardly. You think Jesus is going to look at us in heaven and if you messed up your whole life and you didn't follow his command, he's just going to say to you, oh, I love you. You're so cute. He says he's going to look at you and say, you're a coward. Get out of my face. But I thought he loves me. He loved you enough to die for you. And he loved you enough to change you. But he's also righteous enough to judge you if you didn't receive his love on earth. I'm going to say that again. He loved you enough to die for you. He paid the price for your sins. He loved you enough to change you. That means every day you can be changed. You can become more and more like him. So, yes, he does love you. But he's too righteous to let you get into heaven the way you are and him not judge you. He's a good God, and he's a righteous God. Oh, yeah, I love people, but you slap my wife, I'm throwing you out of my house. Are you listening? Oh, I love you, but you start touching my children, I'm pulling out the shotgun on you. Are you all are with me? You see, because I understand justice. You, this is some things you don't do. And with God, this is one thing you don't do. You don't break his commandments and expect to get up to heaven and him rewards you. He says, but for the cowardly, the unbelieving, oh, I didn't believe it, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral. Oh, oh, I would never murder anybody, Pastor Joe. But are you sexually immoral? You lusting in your heart and mind, going after guys and girls like you shouldn't? He puts you together with them. Those who practice magic arts, 1-900-psychic and all that baloney. The idolaters, people who make idols out of their sports, idols out of their PlayStation 3, and all liars. Look at all the lies people have told. Their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Would you stand up with me, please, and say amen. Now, I know I love you, and you know that I love you. Somebody say, Pastor loves me. And we know Jesus loves us. Doesn't he love us? Somebody say, I know he loves me. Amen. You know that he loves you. That song we were singing, oh, how he loves me. But he loves us enough to say, this is the way we got to do it. Revelations 3.15 says the last one. I don't even have time to read it all. But this is the part about us preaching. Every one of you is supposed to go out and preach. Every one of you is supposed to make a difference. He says right here in verse 15, I know your deeds. You're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out my mouth. (laughs) Is that not the boss right there or what? Tell me that's not fighting words right there. Jared, you're neither hot nor cold. You're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. I want to spit you out. Hello? Back on the streets, that's, that's get down with the get down, bout it, bout it time right there. Jesus ain't kidding around. Jesus says, look, I look at some of y'all, and you, you ain't hot or cold. You don't know what you're doing. You try to come to church, look cute. You go out in the streets, you act another way. You try to come to church and pretend you believe, but then you go home and don't believe. He said, because you're lukewarm, you're nasty. How many people know if you have hot chocolate, that's good. You have cold chocolate milk, that's good, right? But you leave out milk all day long and you just drink it from your countertop, nasty. How many know those cold coffee drinks that you get, you know, at at Starbucks are good in the summer, those cold coffee drinks. And then hot coffee is good. But you leave out that coffee in the day and just come pick it up out the, the, you know, the pot there. If you forget it was, you know, not from later on, whatever, you just drink, that's nasty. You know what Jesus is saying? Pick one and be it. Because otherwise you're nasty. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out my mouth. Joshua, come please. Verse 17. Now look what these people say. 
You say I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you're wretched. Look at what Jesus calls these people. He says, but you're wretched. You're pitiful. You're poor. You're blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and solve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke in discipline. So be earnest and repent. Everybody say repent. Now to close up our message today, Jesus Christ is walking and these Jews start a fight with him. They don't believe he's the son of God. They don't believe any of that. They roll off and go their own way. Then you have his disciples, about a few hundred of them. They get offended and leave. Jesus looks to those last 12. Get him on here, please. He looks to him and says, y'all want to go? And then Simon Peter says, look at Peter's words. Now, now that you understand this. See, Peter understood Jesus wanted him to hate everything else besides him putting him number one. Peter understood that he had to leave his fishing business. Peter was a successful fisherman. He had to leave his fishing business. Turn it down just a little bit for me, brother, please. He understood that following Jesus was going to cost him his friends. Peter did not see his family for three years, his wife nor his kids, because he was traveling with Jesus. He understood that. Right then would have been a good time for him to leave. But you know what Peter says back to Jesus? Lord, To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. I want to ask you a question today. Where else can you go? If right now you turned your back on Jesus, where would you go? What other place in your mind can you go to and still enjoy life? Because those are the things that are actually going to tempt you and take you away from God. A true Christian looks at Jesus Christ and says, I ain't got nowhere else to go, Jesus. Man, look, I'm going to keep walking with you, man. I just lost my friends. That's okay. I'm going to keep walking with you. Jesus, you tell me I got to pray. I'm going to keep praying. Jesus, you tell me I got to give up some stuff. Jesus, I ain't got nowhere else to go. Because, Jesus, if I go back to being a fisherman, that's going to get lame. Jesus, if I just even go back to my own family, one day I'm going to bury my own children or, or they're going to bury me. We're all going to die one day, Jesus. And I can't, I can't go through that alone. And, Jesus, if I just go back to my fishing business and all I do is fish, catch a fish, put it away and sell it, catch another one and just buy stuff. Jesus, one day that, that ain't going to satisfy. Peter says, you're the only one. That hits me right here in the heart and soul and makes a difference. And I never want to lose that. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes in this place right now before we go. Who here today needs to make a decision to stop being offended and start loving God more than anything? I think he deserves it. Jesus Christ deserves your life. Don't be offended by him. He's, he's not Donald Trump asking you to come clean his house. or He's not trying to pimp you like those musicians that, you know, Daddy Yankee and all these people, you buy their albums and then they rap about how you broke and they have everything. You know those people. He ain't like them. Jesus died for you. Why would you want to go anywhere else? Every head bowed and eyes closed, ask yourself this question. Does Jesus offend me? 
Am I offended by what Jesus asked me to do? And if you are, you need to repent today. Jesus says He loves you so much that He'll discipline you. He'll rebuke you. He's helping us. Even though I've been a Christian now for almost 13 years, I want to tell you something, man. I need this message. Because you know what? This church is growing and it's getting big and I have a nice apartment now, 65-inch TV, Xbox, live, you know, my internet, all that. You know what? Jesus could look at me and say, uh-uh, you need now to go to Mozambique. Give that to another pastor. Oh, but Jesus, I, I thought this was my church. I thought this was my house. Oh, no, that was just yours for about four years. Now you got to go somewhere else. Give that up and go on. Just like how you left Indiana, went to the hood, that, that's what you got to do now. You got to get up and go. It's time for you to move on. You see, that message applies to everybody here. Let's not get offended by Jesus. If you're getting offended, every head bow and eyes closed, say these words to Jesus. Jesus, forgive me for blank. Fill in the blank. Forgive me, Jesus, for getting upset when I got to put you above my family. Come on, be honest. I want to see you all praying tonight. Come on. Some of y'all know you got offended. Be honest. Lord, forgive me for getting offended when I'm told I can't have sex till I'm married. That Jesus, that actually bothers me. Come on, we don't want religious kids. We don't want y'all just coming here pretending to be Christians. Man, you can talk to Jesus. Tell him what's really in your heart. Some of you here that are really bothered by his commands, you need to tell him, Lord, it bothers me that I have to do this. It bothers me. That I have to stop hanging out with my friend. But Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. And change me. Help me to put to death my flesh. Come on, who today is going to be real with God? Who today is going to be real with God? Oh, Jesus, I pray right now hearts get right with you. Jesus. Everybody here that needs to give their life back to God. We're going to pray a prayer. If you need to come to God and make it right, I want you to pray this with us tonight. Everybody say this with me. Dear Jesus, we come to you today because I believe you died on the cross for me. I'm sorry, Jesus, for being offended at the things you've asked me to do. Today, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. The things that I did even though I know you said they were wrong. Today, Jesus, I'm not offended anymore. I give you my life. I don't want to be a disciple that leaves. I want to be a disciple that stays. Jesus, I believe in you. Where else can I go? You have the words of eternal life. If that's you, just raise up your hands right now. And just worship Him in this place. Come on, just worship Him. Come on, if you just gave your heart to the Lord, worship means you tell God you love Him. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Come on, I'm going to give you two minutes before we leave out this place. Come on, just tell Him that you love Him. There's no one like you, God. There's no one like you, Lord. We lay our lives down at your feet. Oh, God, where else can I go? Oh, Lord, where else can I go? I want to follow you, Lord. 
I promise I'll never leave you, Jesus. Jesus, give us strength to live for you, Lord. Give us strength to live for you, God. Even when it gets hard. Even when it gets hard, God. Even when other people leave you, Jesus. Help us never to leave, oh God. Now here's the good part. We're going to raise up our hands. And as you tell God you love Him, I want you now to ask Him to bless your life and to give you the things that He wants you to have. Because you chose Him. There are blessings for you. There are things that God does want to give you. He does love you. He will take care of you. Even though He's not welfare Jesus, He's your Father. And you have a relationship with Him. So whatever you need, come on, raise up your hands and ask Him. Oh Lord, we love you. Be with our families, Lord. Be with our families, Jesus. Come on, if you came here today and you're going through something in your family, just ask Jesus to help you. Come on, He'll help you. He'll give you the strength.